Yeah. So why don't you take a second, if you haven't already, take out your phone and tag some of these people that are at the beach for us, okay? Because they need to hear this message too. I've got, I feel like the Lord's given me something for you this morning. Isn't that good? This is, you know, it's good to know that the Lord's speaking to us. I heard Ricky, what he was sharing, and I, I feel like I have something that's kind of going along the same lines, Ricky, so I think we're, uh, I think we're good this morning. Um, if you take your Bibles, I want to start here. Go to Matthew chapter 11. And are the lights up? It feels dark in here. I don't want anyone to go to sleep on us. Matthew 11. Maybe we just need to change the light bulbs. Look at verse, we're going to look at verse 12, and I want you to see this this morning. This has been a, you know, over the years maybe when I was younger especially, this was a confusing verse for me. Let me just read this to you from the the King James. It says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. And I, I want to talk about this this morning, but you know, sometimes when we read a scripture, I remember reading a scripture like that, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and it almost sounds like Jesus is complaining. Look, there's bad things happening against the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that kind of what it sounds like? It's suffering violence, because violence is a bad thing. At least we think it is, right? Violence, we shouldn't be violent people. Most of us try to stay away from violence. Um, my, my kids, I don't, I don't know why kids are just naturally, boys, I should say, are naturally violent, Girls, my girls were never, I never had to worry about them being too rough. My boys, I don't have to train them how to be rough. I have to try to get them to stop, right? It's like, don't, hey, don't throw rocks at your sister's head. You can't do that. It's just like, this just comes natural. They want to be, they're just rough. They're violent. And I, I, I wonder if maybe God did that, put that in them on purpose. They just have this violence. But I remember we took our kids, um, this was just about a year ago, I guess, we took our kids to some self-defense classes because we thought that would be interesting, you know? And um, took them to these self-defense courses for a while, and they teach them, they, it, was, it was neat, they taught them some neat stuff, and, they, and, then, they, and then they, at the end of the class, they put, made them put gloves on, and they said, now go at each other. And I, I liked that. I thought that was really cool, and I wanted to try it. So I said, I'm, I'm going to go to class with you guys next week because I'm just sitting in the corner reading a book. I said, as long as I'm going to come, I might as well, I want to get in there and, and do this too. And so I got in there, and they taught me some things. I thought, this is kind of nice. And then at, at the end, they said, now you're going to fight. And I said, okay, let's, I got my gloves on. I said, which of the kids am I going to fight? And they, they said, no, 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 you're going to fight the instructor. I don't want to fight the instructor. <laughs> he, he's a black belt. I said, he's going to kill me. No, 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 he's going to be, he's going to take it easy on you. That guy did not take it easy on me. And it, I remember, I remember I was, I was doing, I was sparring with him and he said, look in my eyes. I don't want to look in your eyes because you're kicking me with your feet in my face. And so I'm watching his feet. He's like, don't look at my feet. Uh, watch, watch my eyes. And I, I keep looking at his feet and then he punched me in the face. I thought this is taking it easy. He hit me so hard one night. I, my eye, I couldn't, when I opened my eye, I couldn't see anything. All the way home, I drove home and I couldn't see anything out of my right eye. And I said, I don't like violence. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like it. But most of us try to stay away from violence. But Jesus, he says here, the kingdom is suffering violence. And then he says something really interesting. The violent take it by force. And it kind of just sounds contrary to what he's talking about because we're not supposed to be 
violent. Don't most of us think of Christianity as a very passive sort of just kind of like let it, let, let it be, God will take care of it. But he says the kingdom is suffering violence and the violent take it. Let me tell you what Jesus is getting at. The kingdom of heaven is not meant to be a passive thing. It is not, it is, to be a Christian is not meant to be passive. There is no passive Christianity. Well, there is, but that's a, that's a whole different story. Now, in a lot of churches, you might not hear this kind of a message because they teach a passive Christianity. Well, if God wants to do it, he'll just do it. If God wants to, if God wants to, to heal you, he'll just heal you. If God wants you to get saved, you'll get saved. In fact, there was a famous missionary, William Carey. He was the father of modern missions, and I think this was in the late 1700s. Is that about right? Early 1800s, something like that. And I remember learning this in school, and they said, they said um, he had a call of God upon his life to be a missionary. I think it was to Africa. And he wanted to go to Africa, and he went before this, this board of pastors, and he said, I feel like God has called me to become a missionary and speak to these people in Africa. And you know what they told him? They said, young man, sit down. When God wants to save the heathen, he'll do it without your help or mine. And that was the, that was the, the, the governing opinion of what Christianity looked like. Well, God will just take care of it. God will just do it. If God wants to do it, he's just going to do it. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says the kingdom is suffering violence. Another translation, another way to word this is the kingdom of God is being crowded into. It's being crowded into and forceful men lay hold of it. I want to tell you something this morning. Christianity, to be a Christian is not to be passive. To get into the kingdom of God, it's not a passive thing. You got to go after it. You got to go lay hold of some stuff. It requires violence. If you watch some of these fights, the guy that runs out of the ring, he doesn't win. He loses. The guy who, the more, the more violent person wins. You got to be, if you want to go after the things that God has for you, you got to go and take hold of some things. You got to, you got to, how do you take hold of stuff? How do you take hold of what the word of God says? You do it by faith, don't you? Your faith, your faith is a violent thing. Let me explain. Your faith is violent because when you have faith for something, the faith goes out and gets it. It goes out, when you start speaking something, I believe that God is my healer. I believe that God's my provider. I believe that God's gonna make a way where there seems to be no way. You start saying and declaring those things and what does your faith do? Your faith goes to work and goes and gets it. You're taking hold of the kingdom of God by force. Forceful men lay hold of it. See, if I went, let's put it this way, if I went and bought a dinner for my kids, a fancy dinner, I went and got them a bucket of chicken and I put that on the table and I said, look, kids, I got this fancy meal for you here. And I got, I put out the fine paper product plates and then plastic forks. And I said, look, you can have all you want. I got so much chicken here. You can have as much as you want. All you got to do is go take it. And one of the kids comes up and says, dad, I'm so hungry. Can you just, could you just give me some food? No, it's right there. Go get it. I get, I deal with that a lot. I think I've told you that before. My kids Dad, could you just give me a glass of water? No. Here's the cups. Here's the faucet. I got five of you. If I got to do it for you, I got to do it for all of you. Go get your water. We have it in the house. It works. You just got to go take it. And see, look, God's made a way for you to take hold of some things. He's made access to the kingdom of God for you. He's made provision for you. Here's what you got to do. You got to go take it. 
Hold on to it. Use it. You know what I mean? So it takes some force to do this. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is suffering violence, and the violent take it by force. See, a lot of people are praying for stuff that God's already done. You've heard this before. But we're praying for things that God's already made provision for. Instead of taking them by faith, we're praying, God, would you, if you, if you had time, Lord, I know you're busy, but maybe you could, you know, just kind of do this for me, and, you know, I'd really appreciate it. And no, God's, God's saying, no, 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 I've already done it. Go take it by faith. So you got to start believing some things. you got to start acting. If you believe something, see, faith is not a passive thing. Faith is active. Faith requires bold action. In fact, it says in the Bible, faith without works is what? It's dead. It means that there's no faith. If you got faith and you don't have to do something about it, then you don't really have faith. Faith requires that you do something. It requires bold action. It demands it. You gotta start exercising your faith. So I wanna talk to you this morning about this, about this bold kind of faith, this violent taking it by force. I wanna speak to you about this this morning. Um, but this is just, it's just an exercise in your faith is what it is. Exercising your faith, just like regular exercise. How many of you exercise? Don't raise your hand. You exercise, and what you do is the more you exercise, the more you can exercise. I don't know if you've ever done that. If you started a workout routine and the first day you did it and you, you got about five minutes on the bicycle and you're huffing and puffing and you think you're gonna die. And the next time you do it, you get a little bit further and a little bit further. And by, after you've been doing it for a few months, you can get on the thing and you're just going, you're riding all over town. But it takes, it takes exercise to exercise. It requires that you do something. See, you gotta start using your faith so you can use your faith. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. I wanna, I wanna take you on a little whirlwind tour around the Bible here this morning. But this is, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Hebrews eleven six, And this is the faith chapter, of course. Hebrews 11, faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what is not seen. And he says in verse six, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't please God without faith. Because, and then he tells you two things, because you have to believe, number one, you gotta believe that God exists. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? You can't please God if you don't believe he doesn't exist. It takes faith to believe that God exists. But the second part, I think a lot of people sort of struggle with because he says it's not just enough to believe that God exists. Do you know demons believe God exists? Do you know the devil believes in God? It's not enough just to believe in God. You gotta do something about it. You gotta put your trust in him. And he says this, it's impossible to please God without faith for the one who draws near to him uh, must believe that he exists and rewards those who seek him. You gotta believe not only that God exists, but that he's a rewarder. We struggle with this sometimes, don't we? God wants to reward those who seek him. Take a look at the rest of this chapter sometimes. He's talking about people who are looking for a reward. He's talking about Moses Moses chose not to be called with the Egyptians. He chose to be part of God's people because his eyes were on the reward. Abraham was looking for a city. They're looking for a reward. 
and God rewards those who seek him. You can't please God if you don't believe he was a rewarder. Listen, so here's the thing. Do you believe God's a rewarder of those who seek him? If you believe it, you have to do something about it. It's not enough just to believe it, but you have to act on it. See, that's what faith is. It requires that you act on something. You gotta believe that God exists and that he rewards. If I believe that God rewards those who seek him, what am I gonna do? I'm dumb if I don't seek him, if I believe it. See, faith requires I do something. Are you still with me? I want <laughs> my, my kids the other day, they, wanted, they had some money, and when my kids get money, they wanna spend it right away. And they, they saw something, I don't know how they got on Amazon, but somehow, I think my wife took them to Amazon, and they're shopping, they're looking at things, they've got $5, and they're looking on Amazon, they find something they wanna order, and they ordered it, and it took two days to get here, and when they opened the door, and there's that package on the step, you know what they did? My, my son, who's seven, he said, it's finally here. I said, it took two days, son. It's finally, I, they don't know the days of when we were kids, or at least I, when I was a kid, and there was those little things on the back of the cereal box, right? And you, if you collected some things, you could, you could send in for something. And I remember sending in for things, and four months later, <laughs> you get like this little toy, right? A little, whatever it was, a T-shirt or something. It, months and months would go by, and when you finally got it, you're like, Where, what is this? I don't remember doing this because it took so long. But see, this is what, what faith is. Faith isn't an Amazon kind of faith. Faith isn't a, I'm gonna lay hold of this and it better happen right this minute. Faith is I'm gonna lay hold of something and I don't care if it takes a month. I don't care if it takes two months. I don't care if it takes six months. I believe that God's gonna do what he said he would do. And so I'm gonna take hold of this by faith and I'm not gonna let go. See, God's looking for people who don't have an Amazon kind of faith, but believe that he's gonna do it. No matter, no, it doesn't matter how long it takes, I believe that he said it, and so I'm gonna lay hold of it because I'm gonna be violent about this and I'm gonna go after it because God's made me a promise. And I can have access to everything in this word because he's made me a promise. And so I'm gonna take hold of the promise I'm not gonna let go. That's the kind of faith God's looking for. I want you to go here this morning. Go to Genesis 32. See, some of you, you've been hearing about these, these words of what God has done for you. But it's not doing, it's not completing, it's not doing the work in you because you're not taking hold of something. It's not enough just to hear, that's good because faith comes by hearing, but now you gotta act on it. I gotta believe and, and take hold of what his word says. Are you guys alive this morning? Genesis 32 is a story about Jacob, and, and you remember this story. He's getting ready to meet his brother Esau, and they're, he's, he's very, he's terrified, really. He's, it's been when he left home, he left home because his brother said, I want to kill that guy. I'm going to kill him because he stole my birthright, and he stole everything. He stole the blessing, and, he, and so Jacob left home, and he's been away from home for a long time. And he's getting ready to come home, and he's terrified because he knows Esau wants to kill him. That guy, does, he doesn't let go of stuff. He's still mad. 
And so he's on his way home, and here he is before he's getting ready to cross over to the land where his family lives. He's, he's alone one night. He splits up his family because he's going to cross over in groups, and he doesn't want, if one group gets attacked, he wants one group of his family to survive, so he puts his favorite kids in the back and his, the kids he doesn't like as well in the front and the wife that he doesn't like as well in the front. He keeps the good stuff in the back. That's a lesson for another time. And he's sitting here, and he's all alone, right? He's all alone. He's by this little creek, and he's just sitting. He can't sleep because you wouldn't be able to sleep either probably, would you? You're wondering if your brother's going to kill you. And it's just a messed-up family, isn't it? But he's wondering what's, what's going to happen here. And he's just, he's up all night. He's probably anxious. He's, maybe he's pacing around. He's probably praying. He's just, he's just in agony. What's going to happen? And then as he's in that moment, he sees somebody sneaking around. And you ever have that feeling like when you're in your house alone at night? And maybe, maybe when you were young or something and you, and you thought you saw somebody, right? And it's kind of that sinking feeling like, oh, my gosh, somebody's in my house. I got to do something. And I remember we were on a missions trip one time. And, uh, and, and some girls thought they heard a noise outside their window. We were in the Bahamas. I think a couple of you were here for that. And um, they, were, they, they thought there was a noise outside their window, and there was, there was some freaking out going on. And they thought someone was sneaking around outside where we were staying. And so a couple of the boys, we had some big, strong boys there. I think Travis was there and Tim McCain, and they ran out there, and they, said, they, they hollered into the house, get us some weapons. Well, we're in a missionary house. There's no weapons in the missionary. And, and, and my wife came out with a broom and handed them a broom, and they were running around the yard with the broom. But I'll tell you what, I, I think we scared some cats like crazy that night. They, they were ready to kill something. But, you know, you get that feeling like someone's watching me. Someone's, some, there's a noise, and he heard something. And now Jacob, Jacob goes after this guy because he might be thinking, maybe this is a spy for my brother. We were just talking about you, Travis. Maybe this was a spy for my brother. He doesn't know what's going on. So he gets up and he starts, he just grabs a hold of this guy and he does not let him go. He's in the fight of his life. He doesn't know if this guy is gonna try to kill him or what. He just takes hold of this guy. And look what happens in Genesis 32. It says in, in verse 24, he was alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Can you imagine hours and hours of wrestling with somebody? Hours. I mean, that's exhausting. That's exhausting. You gotta be, you guys wrestled. That's a long time to wrestle somebody. Could you imagine wrestling somebody, getting a hold of them? Don't let them go. And they're trying to get away. And for hours, you're, this is like WrestleMania on steroids. This is, this is crazy. All day night, all, all, all day night, all long, all, all the night long. He doesn't let go. Verse 25, when the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip socket as they wrestled and dislocated his hip. I like to think that he just kind of like touched him like this, like boom, and then like his hip. I don't know what it would take, how much force it would take to dislocate a hip. That's a pretty serious joint right there. Some of you guys might, might know about that, but that's a pretty serious joint. I don't know how hard you'd have to hit somebody to dislocate a hip, but he just, I, I just imagine he just touches them and boom, the hip is out of socket. And you know what happens? Jacob won't let go. Can you imagine the desperation he was feeling. He's not letting go. It doesn't matter. You're going to have to kill him because he's not letting go. And look at what he says. Verse 26, the man said to Jacob, let me go. Now, this isn't just any man. 
And this is, some people think this is what's called a theophany. This is like Jesus appearing uh, before, before he came to earth. Um, but maybe, but it calls him the angel of the Lord. So here he is, whatever, it's an angel or, or it's Jesus, but it's somebody very powerful. And Jacob calls him later. He says, I've seen God face to face. So I, I believe it's probably Jesus. So here he is. And the, Jesus says to him, let me go because it's daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. See, here's the thing. This is so powerful. He takes a hold of God and he says, I'm not gonna let you go. I'm not gonna let you go. And, and God tries to discourage him and punches him in the hip and knocks his hip out of joint. Let me go. You better let me go now. Can you imagine wrestling with God? This is serious. But he says, I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. That's the kind of attitude that God's looking for. People who, by faith, take hold of the promises of God and say, God, I'm not gonna let you go. God, I'm not gonna let go of the promise because you made me a promise in your word that you're gonna do for me what you, you, you said it here in your word, and so, Lord, I'm taking hold of that. I'm not gonna let go of that. You can't, you can't make me let go. See, there's gonna be, here's the thing I want you to catch now. He was in this moment, and he was alone. He was all alone, but somebody was walking around his camp. I think we heard something about this this morning. This is so cool. He thinks he's alone. He thinks he's getting ready to die. He thinks it's all over for him, but who's walking around his camp? God's walking around his camp. He's protecting him. He's watching over him. He's looking after him, and he lets himself be seen by Jacob so that Jacob can take hold of him and get the blessing. He made the opportunity so that Jacob could go and take hold of him because he didn't just happen to see him by accident. He let himself be seen. So listen, here's the thing. You might feel like you're going through it, but you got somebody in your camp. You got somebody living inside of you, and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He's living in you. You you feel like you're all alone, but no, no, no. You got the Holy Spirit living in you, and he's made an opportunity for you to take hold of him and take hold of the promises. And how do you do it? The violent take hold by faith force and faith. It takes, takes force to use faith. Use the force, right? So he says, I'm not letting go of you until you bless me. I want to, I want to come back to here and finish this story in a minute, but I want to show you, I want to show you another story. Look over at Matthew chapter 15. Still all right. That was a comforting, thank you. Oh, whatever. I'm going to keep preaching. You, you go to sleep if you need to. I've got, I've got a young baby at home, and I know what it's like. So if you got to do it, you got to do it. Matthew 15, 21. Jesus went to the area of Tyre and Sidon, and verse 22, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and kept crying out, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly tormented by a demon, but he didn't say a word to her. I want you to hear this story for a minute. I was thinking about this story the other day, and it's an interesting story. This woman is a Canaanite. She's got no claim on what God's doing here because he, Jesus came and he says, he says, I've been sent to the sheep of Israel. He was sent to Israel. She's got no claim. She's not an Israelite. She's got no authority to come and, and say anything to him, to come and talk to him. But she says these words, have mercy on me, son of David. She's identifying him as the Messiah. 
She's identifying him. She believes in him. And it says she keeps crying out after him. So if you can imagine Jesus, maybe he's walking down the road and this woman is following him. Have mercy on me. I mean, she's shouting, she's screaming. Everybody around could hear her. Have mercy on me, son of David. He ignores her. How would, man, how would you feel? That's not the Jesus that we think about, is it? The Jesus we think about would be taking care of her, give her a hug or something. We'd do a little drama about it. No, that's not how it is. He's just ignoring her. Sounds very cruel. But here she is. She keeps keeps shouting, keeps shouting, keeps shouting. And the disciples say, send her away. We're so tired of hearing her. They got no compassion for her either. Send her away. Lord, what a pain. This woman's a nuisance. And you know what she's doing? All the while, she's still shouting, Lord, have mercy on me. What is she doing? She's activating something. She's, she's using faith to take hold of something that she doesn't have any right to take hold of. But she's using faith. See, the violent, the violent take it by force. Is this making sense to you this morning? So you gotta take hold of some things, but you take hold of it by faith and you don't let go. And so this woman, here she is, have mercy on me. He says, no, I've only been sent to the lost sheep of Israel, but she came and knelt before him, Lord, help me. And look at what he says to her. It isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. He just called her a dog. Did you get that? How would you like that? Would you like that? You come to Jesus, Lord, help me. Go away, dog. That's very cruel. Jesus, you're so cruel. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You know what a lot of us would have done right there? What a jerk. And we would have turned around and talked. We would have told all of our neighbors, all of our friends, can you believe that jerk called me a dog? I don't even... You no, know, no, you know what she does? She keeps pressing in. She does it. She's not offended. Listen, your miracle might be at the other side of a fence, but you got to get over yourself. You got to let go of some stuff in your life and stop being so offended and take hold of the word of God. Don't worry about what people think about you. Don't worry about what people say. You just take hold of this word. So she says, yes, Lord, but even the dogs can eat the crumbs fall from the table of the master. And look at what Jesus says. Woman, your faith is what? Is great. Your faith is great. What healed her daughter? She had faith in Jesus. And she kept going after him. She wouldn't let go. Just like Jacob, he took hold of, the, he took hold of Jesus. I'm not gonna let go until you bless me. Lord, here I am. I'm gonna keep following you. I bet she would have followed him for days and days, weeks and months, however long it took. She would have followed him right up to the cross because she believed she had great faith. She believed that he could do it and he was the only one who could do it and she had to take hold of it. See, you gotta get desperate and say, God, I need you in my life. God, I wanna take hold of you. I want Everything that you have for me, I want to take hold of what you have for my life. Come on. Look over here. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. I want, I want you to see this morning, and I'm going to... Okay. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. I'll try to do this quick, but I want to, I want to show you some things now because I want you to see what you have access to. You have access to look at what it says in Ephesians 1, verse 3. 
Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. You've got every spiritual blessing. What do you have access to? Every spiritual blessing. Well, that's good. Some people think that's just for heaven. It's, it, spiritual stuff must be for heaven. No, no, no. Spiritual stuff affects every part of your life because the spirit governs this world. This world is controlled by your spirit. It wasn't Adam when he was created. He was given authority over the world, wasn't he? And he, he had spiritual authority. But then he died spiritually when he ate the fruit. So Jesus has given it all back to you. He says, you got every spiritual blessing. You have everything you need. What do you got to do? You got to take hold of it. See, this is where I think a lot of people miss it because they hear something like this. Oh, that's nice. I got spiritual blessings. And then when a problem comes, they don't, they don't know what to do. You just take hold of what God's done for you. By faith, you take hold of it. Are you with me this morning? You think about, how do you, how do you take hold of something? You take hold of it by faith, and faith is released when it comes out of your mouth. It comes out of your mouth. Think about a king when a king gave, gave a command. When a king gave a command, what would happen? Whatever he said. It doesn't matter how stupid it was. It doesn't matter how good it was, how bad it was. When he said something, it would happen. You release faith out of your mouth when you speak. Lord, I believe your word. Because I want you to catch this this morning because you're going to speak some things over your life today. You're going to declare some things over your life. What do you need? You've got everything you need. You, it's already been done for you. You have every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Everything you need for life and godliness has been made available to you. But we come on, we got to get violent. For too long, the church has been passive and not aggressive. Maybe aggressive is a nicer word. We got to get aggressive and take hold of what God's done for us. I want you to look at, look at one more scripture here. Psalm, well, I say one more like it's my last one. I'm trying to hurry, guys, but this is, this is too good to mess up, so I got to take my time with it. Psalm 103. This is one of Pastor Connie's favorites. Maybe it's her favorite. I don't know. She's not here, so she can't tell us, but um, Psalm 103. Look at, verse, look at verse three. I want you to see, well, let's look at verse two. I want you to see Again, what's been made available to you? And this is in the Psalms. This is before Christ, but I think he's even speaking prophetic because some of these things I don't think he quite had access to, but yet he was taking hold of them like he did have access to them. But he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. Why does he say don't forget all his benefits? See, look, a lot of the church would say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you forget or you don't forget. No, it does matter because if you forget his benefits, you're not going to have them because if you don't live like you have them, if you don't speak them, if you don't take hold of them, if you don't receive them by faith, you don't have them. Don't forget all his benefits. What's he saying? There's a danger here. You could forget some stuff. You start, it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget stuff. All you do is don't think about it. That's why the word of God says you got to meditate on this word. Meditate on it. Get it in your head. Get it in your mouth. Like a, like a cow, chews it, 
and spits it up and he chews it some more. Chews it, what does he swallow it, spit it up over and over and over and over and over. You're chewing, you're meditating on the word of God. Don't forget all his benefits. So then he goes through and he names some benefits. And I want you to hear the benefits. Another word for benefit here is reward. Ooh, I like that. Don't forget all his rewards. There's a reward for those who seek him. He forgives all your sin. Listen to that again. He forgives all your sin. See, if you don't get this thing settled, you're still gonna be wrestling with a lot of stuff in your life. There's this thing called condemnation. When you're walking in condemnation, then you don't have any spiritual authority because you're still feeling like you're under, but God's made you over. So he forgives all your sins. Now, I want you to know something. When Jesus died on the cross and he shed his blood for you, he didn't cover sin. Now, in the Old Testament, they would slaughter animals, right? And that was a covering for their sin. Jesus didn't cover anything. When Jesus died, he destroyed the thing. He destroyed it. Sin is destroyed in your life. Sin is no longer your master. You've been set free. You've been liberated. That's why we're singing freedom, all that stuff, right? And uh, whatever else we were singing, jumping and shackles and all that. We can sing that because we've been made free. But if you don't, if you just feel like you're just some old sinner, I'm just some, I've, I get so sick of that. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. Well, maybe you are. I'm not. You old sinner. Maybe that's what you are. If that's what you want me to call you, I'll call you that, you old sinner. Or are you a sinner or are you made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? See, if you don't understand who you are, if you don't understand your identity, you're always going to struggle with, with your past, with all these things, because you think that's who you are. That's not who you are, because you've been made new. You've been made a new creation. All old things have passed away. All things have become new. I gave you a scripture. If you can just throw it up on the screen, Philippians 3.12. And um, I'm going to hang out in, in Psalm 103, so just stay there with me. But look at what this says. Paul, Paul says, I haven't already reached it, and I'm not fully uh, trying to read that, sorry, without my glasses. Let me look. Oh, look at this one. That's a lot better. Not that I've already reached the goal or I'm already fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I've also been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. See, look, look, he's trying. He said, I got I to gotta take hold of this thing. You got to start taking hold of some things in your life. You got to take hold. Paul says, I'm just... I'm not, I'm not perfect yet, but I'm taking hold of it. I'm taking hold of that which for, for Christ, he's taking hold of me. You gotta take hold of this thing by faith and understand what God's done for you. You gotta do some wrestling, okay? Got some wrestlers in here. Gotta do some wrestling. Look at what else it says, Psalm 103. He forgives all your sin. He heals all your disease. How much? Yeah, he heals all of it. This is your benefits this morning. You gotta take hold of some things. Do you believe this word? He heals all your disease. I wanna take this one step further because when Jesus, Jesus said this in John, I think it's John 14, isn't it? John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not like the world gives, give I unto you. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. But he said, peace I leave with you. And the word, the Hebrew word peace is shalom. 
I know in the, he was in the, if you read through the New Testament, he's, it's in Greek, but I believe Jesus was speaking in Hebrew to these people, and he says, peace I leave with you. I leave shalom with you. It's not the world's kind of shalom. The word shalom has a lot of different meanings, and you know this, you've heard this before. It does mean peace. It also means prosperity. It also means, means wholeness. It means health. I don't believe God wants to keep healing disease after disease after disease. I believe his, his will for you is that you'd walk in health. And if you do get sick, well, thank you, Lord, you heal all my diseases. You heal every one of them. You just gotta take hold of that word. But I believe God wants you healthy. Now, look, I'm gonna say something here. I'm gonna step on some of your toes. And I know this, but I'm preaching to myself too. So is that okay? Will you forgive me? It doesn't matter. I'm gonna say it anyway. If, if all you eat are Twinkies, they still make Twinkies? I don't know, I think they stopped making those for a while. They make them again. Oh, thank you, Lord. See, some of you know this, and you know what I'm talking about. If all you eat is Twinkie and hot dogs, all you eat is fried junk, and you say, Lord, I thank you for your word that you made me healthy, guess what? I believe this is gonna work for you. Just like I don't believe it's gonna work if you say, thank you, Lord, that you forgive all my sin, and then you go out and you just sin and sin and sin and sin and sin and sin. That's not what this word's about. You gotta stop that sin because he's made a way for you to stop it. You don't keep saying, oh, thank you, Lord, you forgive all my sin and you're going hanging out places you shouldn't be running all over the place. You're not supposed to be acting like that. The same thing, this, this word won't work if all you eat is junk food. You gotta take care of this thing now, but he's made you healthy. That's my rant for the day. Um, just, I'm preaching to myself. But just like, okay, yeah, anyway, okay. <laughs> Um, he forgives all your sin. He heals all your disease. Uh, let me do this quickly, okay? He redeems your life from the pit. You've been redeemed. You've been redeemed. You were in the pit, you sinner, but you've been redeemed. That's who you are. This is the same word, redeemed. You remember the story of Ruth? And she was looking for her Boaz, the kinsman redeemer. He, he redeemed her, that girl, that girl was broken, she was lost, she was poor, she was nothing, but Boaz redeemed her. This is your redeem. you've been redeemed. You were, you were junk, but you've been redeemed. I said this before, but it's like the devil used you, he abused you, he threw you out on the side of the road, but Jesus picked you up because he recycles, and he made something beautiful out of you. He's redeemed you, amen? He crowns you, I like this one. He crowns you. In the Amplified Bible, it says he, dignif he beautifies, he dignifies, and he crowns you with loving kindness or faithful love and compassion. You've been crowned. I spoke a, a while back about, about the, the fact that Adam was crowned with glory or clothed with glory. And he's clothed you, he's crowned you with his glory. Just like Adam had it, and he lost it, God's given it back to you. You've been crowned. You were wearing a crown. Isn't that nice? You're wearing it. You've been crowned. But I don't feel like it. Doesn't matter what you feel like. Your feelings got nothing to do with this. I'm not talking about goosebumps. I just don't feel very crowned. I don't feel like I'm very lovely. I don't feel like I'm very. No, shut up. Take, you got to take hold of this. You got to take hold of this thing and use, you use some faith. But I don't feel like I'm crowned. Ah, here, ah, you've been crowned with, you, you have it. Thank you, Lord, that I'm wearing a crown today. I can't see it, but I'm wearing it. I've been crowned. 
Let me get this last one. Worship team, you guys get ready because I'm gonna try to land this plane. Satisfies you. Verse five, he satisfies you with goodness so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I want you to hear this this morning because this is important. He satisfies, that word means, listen to this, to be filled and have excess. Now, that goes back to the healthy part that we were talking about, okay? But doesn't mean food only. You, you have excess. You have more than enough because he's taking care of you. He satisfies you with good. Another word for good is the best. You've been, you have more than enough of whatever you need. Why do you have more than enough so you can share it? Yeah? See, this has been everything. God's taking care of everything. He wants you satisfied. He wants you taken care of. Now, this is, this is not going to fly in a lot of churches to say, well, God takes, God satisfies you with, with excess. That sounds, that sounds greedy. That sounds like some kind of a, what, what do they call this? Um, the prosperity message. Well, yeah, it's pro- God wants you prosperous. What's wrong? I don't know what the heck's wrong with people. I don't know. Well, he's taking, he's taking care of it. That's all. That's all we're saying. God's taking care of it, and he wants to take care of you. Listen, this is the word of God. So what do I do with, what do I do with that word? And I can go to the last one. He satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He wants you, he wants you healthy. He wants you confident that you have been forgiven. He wants you filled. He wants you satisfied. He wants you in excess so you can share. He wants you your youth even renewed, like the eagles. He takes care of everything, doesn't he? What do I got to do with this? I got to take hold of it. Lord, I thank you. Stand up with me. Lord, I thank you. You've taken care of everything. You've taken care of my, my body. Well, he's blessed me with every spiritual blessing. Well, my body's, my body's part of this, this thing. I've, I live, my spirit lives in my body. He's taken care of everything. What do I have to do? I gotta take hold of it. Lord, I thank you, you've taken care of my, my youth. I heard this guy on TV the other night, we like to watch these um, survivalist kind of shows and this guy was out there and he said, look, I'm 50 years old and I'm not as young as I used to be and my body's wearing down and I, I don't have the stamina I used to have and I don't have this, and I don't have that. I said, I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you That's what that, if that's what you want, right? Listen, that's not what you have. That's not for you. Your youth is renewed. Hey, but I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 70 years old. No, it doesn't matter. He renews your youth. He takes your youth and he renews it. He rejuvenates you. He gives you fresh energy. He does all, he's taking care of everything. So what do I do with that? I got to take hold of it by faith and believe this word. I got to believe this. If I don't believe it, if I don't lay hold of it, if I don't take it by force, it doesn't have any effect in my life. I gotta do something with the word in my life. Oh, I was, I, and I wanna close with this. Back to the story of Jacob. Genesis 32, I'm just gonna read you one or two verses. Genesis 32, look at verse 28 if you can. If you can put it up on the screen. Yep. He says this. Well, verse 27, what's your name? The man asked. Jacob, he replied. He says, your name will no longer be Jacob, 
See, he said, don't let me go until you bless me. He says, here's your blessing. Your name is no longer Jacob, it's Israel, because you've struggled with God and with men, and you've prevailed. You've struggled with God, and you've struggled with men, and you prevail. He was gonna limp the rest of his life, that guy. It says he limps the rest of his life because of where God touched him. He would remember that moment when his flesh came into contact with God. Because when your flesh comes into contact with God, something's gonna give. Your flesh can't handle it when God, when God gets a hold of you. If there's something in your life that needs to break, it's gonna be broken when God gets a hold of you. When God touches you, if there's something in your life that needs to go, it's gonna, it's gonna go, but you just let God get a hold of you and break you. You might limp for the rest of your life, but you're gonna remember when God put his hand on you and you're gonna remember that God's living in you. And he says this, he says, you struggle with God and with men, but you prevail. You have prevailed, and that's my word to you this morning. Take hold of this thing by force because you're gonna prevail. You might have been holding on already for, maybe you've been holding on for years, believing God for something. I wanna encourage you this morning, don't let go. Keep holding on by faith. Take hold of that thing and don't let go because you are going to prevail. He has made you more than a conqueror. I want you to just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment this morning. If you're in this place, and you need a touch from God this morning. Maybe you say, I need a miracle in my life or my finances or whatever you need. Look, it's already been provided for you in this word. Everything you need has been provided for. And so I want you to do this this morning. If you're believing God for something or you, maybe this morning for the first time you say, you know what, I, I, wanna, I wanna stand by faith and believe God for something. Maybe it's, maybe it's even standing in for somebody else, but this morning you got something you wanna believe God for. I want you to take hold of this thing. I want you to declare it with your mouth, speak it with your mouth and say, Lord, I believe that you're gonna make a way in this situation. Lord, I'm taking hold of this thing. Maybe it's for healing miracle. And you say, Lord, I believe that you've already done the work. I'm just taking hold of it. Just like that woman pressing it. I'm gonna take hold of it and I'm not gonna let go. This morning, whatever it is, I want you just to begin to speak it to the Lord and, and, and just declare that with your mouth and say, Lord, I'm taking hold of this thing. Maybe it's for finances. Lord, I'm taking hold of the provision that you've made by the Holy Spirit. Through the blood of Jesus, I'm taking hold of this thing and I'm not letting go. Lord, I'm taking hold of what you've done for me. Just take hold of it this morning. As we worship, as we sing this song, just one more time, I want you just, just take hold of it. I want you to see yourself just reaching up and grabbing it and saying, Lord, I'm grabbing onto the promise of God. I'm grabbing onto what Jesus has done for me and I'm not gonna let go. I'm gonna stand by faith. The violent take it by force. Lord, I thank you for what you've done and I'm taking hold of what you've done for me. I lay hold of that in the name of Jesus. thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you that the provision has been made. Lord, all of our needs are met. You've taken care of everything in this world. And Lord, we say that to glorify you. We glorify you when we believe your word. Lord, we don't cheapen this gospel. We don't cheapen this word by saying, no, he didn't take care of that. He didn't take care. No, you took care of everything. And we give you the glory this morning for what you've already done. And Lord, we lay hold of some things now because you didn't do this in vain. You did this so we could access everything that heaven has for us. 
And so, Lord, this morning, we lay hold to all the claims that you've done for us. Lord, everything you've done for us, we take hold of it by faith, and we speak your word, and we believe your word, Lord, and we thank you this morning for every spiritual blessing that's been given to us. Lord, we bless your people this morning, and we thank you in the name of Jesus for what you've done for us. Somebody say amen. Give the Lord a shout this morning.